Yeah, my personal record book. If it makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, uh, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. There's a fine line between being critical and being over the top. We found that line on the Crowley Show, and we walk it. The Penguins should have beat Washington without Backstrom. I told you why, but they didn't. They had to lose sometime. It might not be the hottest of takes, but it's what happened. I'll always tell you what happened. I'll always be honest. I'm not going to try to drum up fake crap just to get you pissed off. I don't work for that station across the street. The station across the street has had multiple people say that this series loss to the Capitals is a complete failure. Peeps be entitled to their opinion, I suppose, but complete failure seems a little bit harsh to me. The Penguins didn't have Malkin for two games. He never looked right in the series, and now he won't play for Team Russia because of a knee injury. Kessel, not playing well because of an injury, changes expectations. Broussard playing through an injury causes problems. We're spoiled because we've seen the Penguins overcome problems over the last two years and still win. But that's not the norm. It's the outlier. It's not an easy thing to do, damn it. The Caps did, but they also had a goalie that played extremely well. That's been a huge key to the Penguins over the last two years. Is it a failure? Should they have beaten the Caps? I think they should have. Is it surprising that they didn't, given how close the series have been the last two years? No. How exactly is it a complete failure, though? They weren't going to beat Tampa with the deficiencies that they have. They'd have played for two more weeks, then they'd have come out on the other side even more banged up. They've played 307 games over the last three seasons. They won nine series in a row. They successfully defended their title for 695 straight days, and they hadn't lost a playoff series in over 1,000. At some point, they were going to lose. Fact. Had they won their 10th series in a row, the competition would have gotten even stiffer. Tampa. Winnipeg and Nashville are all clearly better than the Penguins this year. They lost to Washington. That sucks, but they were going to lose to some team along the road. This wasn't a colossal failure. Sometimes it's just not your year. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. I've got Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, Tom Offerman behind the glass. Is the Penguins' dynasty over? I don't know. Do you? There's been a lot of talk about whether the Penguins' window is closed or not, and it's my least favorite conversation in the sports radio industry. Is their window closed? Is it partially closed? Is it all the way closed? Is it three-fourths open? Is there a draft? It's cliched, classic sports radio. The reality is that the hell of a lot of people thought the Penguins were going to win the Stanley Cup in 2010. They didn't. They thought they were going to win it in 2012. They didn't. 2013. 2014. It didn't happen. A lot of people thought the Capitals' window closed after last year. And, spoiler alert, they're still playing. The Pens were done without Latang last year, right? The Eagles without Wentz. We in the industry know what we're talking about. But to a point, to say that the Penguins' window is closed is rubbish. To suggest that they'll definitely win another one is nonsense as well. Lemieux was supposed to win in 1993. It didn't happen. The Nationals are supposed to win it every year. I think 
the Penguins have a good shot of winning another one in the Crosby and Malkin era. Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel all played great this year, and none of them are out of their primes just yet. Matt Murray can take that next step and be the franchise goalie. Dumoulin, Schultz, Mata, they were all excellent this year. And you've got good young players like Gensel and Rust and Sprong and Zach Aston Reese. And you know Hornquist can pop 25 to 30 goals next year. Broussard and Shane can help the Penguins with a full season of excellent center depth. They've got as good a chance as anyone next year. But that does not guarantee anything. Anybody suggesting something else doesn't know what they're talking about. Or they're saying that to fill column inches in airtime with hot takes. Mike Sullivan's likely going to get fired one day. I feel like we should just get it all out there right now. Or he's going to retire under non-ideal circumstances. I pray that we won't let that guy become the villain. Mark Madden's criticized Sullivan for not having a plan B. I think that's horse poop. Madden knows what he's talking about. But the last two summers, Sullivan has changed the Penguins' game plan in the most critical moments of series. They threw the caps a change up last year in Game 7. They did the same thing to Tampa in Game 6 and 7 two years ago. Bilesma never had adjustments. Sullivan does. He'll deserve criticism at times. He might deserve a bit right now. But I'm going to use these next few days to preach patience and understanding. No matter what's ahead of these Pittsburgh Penguins, there's been players, there have been coaches, there have been front office administrators that have all earned the benefit of the doubt. Sullivan's end in Pittsburgh likely is not going to be as great as the one he really deserves. No matter what happens going forward, you can make an argument for Sully to be the greatest coach of all time. But he's going to lose playoff series. He's going to lose playoff series maybe in a row. And things aren't going to ever be as good as they were when they won back-to-back cups to start his career. But Mike Tomlin has won a championship. He's been to another, and he's getting dragged through the ringer by Steelers fans. Mike Sullivan had one series that they lost, and the criticism's already starting to creep in. If he loses another one, more criticism. Another one, more criticism. You can't win it every year. The expectation should not be that you win it every year, and yet it is. So I'm just telling you right now, whenever I've got a second, I've been waiting to do this for a long time. Things are going to get worse. They have to get worse. You can't keep it up like this forever. That's what she said. So let's praise Mike Sullivan, and let's understand that this is a damn good coach, even if he finishes career with two championships. 412-922-2874. My dude, Will Graves, former Caps fan. He says former. I think he's a current Caps fan. He'll join us in about 13 minutes to discuss all that. This capital season's already a success. It annoys me that Pittsburgh Penguins fans are making fun of the Capitals for celebrating the way they did after they beat the Penguins. Come on. Give me a break. Do you remember how excited you were when you lost your virginity? That's the same damn thing. Benino's goal in 2016 set off a pretty damn big celebration, did it not? When Benino scored and those hockey night and Punjabi dudes Went crazy. I was doing the same thing. I called my buddy. He lives out in Denver. I was running up and down the stairs. I thought at that moment the Penguins are going to win the Stanley Cup. And I think Capitals fans have that same feeling right now. I don't think it's going to happen. But they beat their arch rival. They had only beat them one time out of ten. They finally slayed their dragon. Come on. Let him be happy.
Ovechkin and Trotz have never been out of the second round. Now they have. Good for them. They deserve a chance to celebrate and be happy. Trotz said he was going to have a few cold ones to celebrate. That's natural. If the Steelers beat the Patriots in the playoffs, there would be parades in the street. Multiple parades. Not just one parade. Parades. Parades squared. Multiple. Hell, I celebrated when the Patriots lost to the Broncos in 2005. And that was before all the history. Fans are fans are fans. Get a grip, Pittsburgh. TJ McConnell, he's a point guard now for the Philadelphia 76ers. He had a good game the other night. He was on the Dan Patrick show after that good game. And he said he met Ben Roethlisberger when he was a kid in sixth grade. And Roethlisberger was a D-bag. Not a nice guy. Since it got brought up, I had a similar experience when I was a kid of meeting Ben Roethlisberger. And he was not all warm and fuzzy. Not a great dude. Now, you're busy. You're getting peppered for autographs. But it was training camp. It was hot. I've got a turkey sandwich in one hand. And I've got a helmet in the other hand. Ben, please sign my helmet. Oh, I don't got time for it, kid. It just keeps walking. No lie. Should have tried the turkey sandwich. Could you sign this, please? I'm surprised, knowing Ben, that he didn't just grab the turkey sandwich <laughs> and eat it. Steal it from a kid. Yeah. Ben thinks he's going to play as long as Tom Brady, and he's not. Because he's the guy who would eat that turkey sandwich, and Tom Brady's the guy who goes home and drinks 15 glasses of ice water, kisses his kid on the lips, and then works out for 14 hours. A lot lately has painted Ben as a bad dude. But all of it was from Ben. All of it was Ben's doing. So I'm not going to defend him. I wonder if TJ ripping Ben means that TJ's no longer allowed on the Cook and Pony show. Got to be nice to the hand that feeds you, right? Sandy Barber, the athletic director of Penn State, says that Pitt Penn State will not start up again until after 2000. And 30. Is that what we call that? 2030, 2030, whatever. Doesn't matter. We could all be dead by then. Brian probably will be. Sorry, pal. Sorry. I've got to get this out of the way so that everyone understands that I don't have a dog in this fight. I went to West Virginia. Shocker! I bleed the old golden blue. In fact, it's WVU hat season. Since the Penguins lost, I turned my attention to college football, and yesterday, Penn State AD Sandy Barber said it's Pitt and Penn State no more. They won't renew the rivalry until 2030 at the earliest after next year. Let's call a spade a spade. Tom's going to like this part. Penn State's afraid. That's a fact, Jack. But it does make sense from their perspective. Sometimes it's okay to be afraid. Hey, man, go pet the scorpion. Nah, I think I'm good. Not going to pet the scorpion. Hey, those pickles have sure been in the fridge for a long time. Why don't you put one on your sandwich? Ah, you know what? I'm all right. It's okay to be afraid sometimes. Sometimes it makes sense. Pitt hasn't been a great football program since the late 70s and early 80s. Pitt has had three nine-win seasons since 1982. That is awful. Virginia Tech had 18 such seasons in the same time period. West Virginia has had 14 such seasons in the same time period. Auburn has had 19 such seasons since 1982. Why does that matter? Because those are the teams that they'll be taking up the non-conference slots for Penn State over the next seven years. Penn State is a football program that considers itself a playoff contender. And in each of the last two years, they've been on the fringes of that discussion. 
That's a good program, and James Franklin has done an outstanding job. Pitt derailed their opportunity two years ago, and they don't want it to happen again. A loss to a mediocre team will end it for you. Your season is done, no playoff. Just ask Ohio State this year with their loss to Iowa. There's nothing you can do about conference play except for win. Penn State can control its non-conference schedule. If you're going to play a team that can beat you in a non-conference, then you might as well play one that's more likely to be good. WVU has more 10-win seasons in the last seven years than Pitt does in the last 35 years. If you lose to them, it's less likely to keep you out. If you lose to Tech, well, at least it boosts your strength of schedule. If you lose to Auburn, oh well. Bama did, and they still made the playoff. It's risk-reward. You lose to Pitt, you've lost it all. You beat them, no one cares. You beat mediocrity. All those other teams can be a boost for Penn State without hurting as much if they lose the game. I understand what they did. They did not pet the scorpion. They did not eat the pickle. They're scared. But Sandy's also being smart. We call these the shows of a thousand takes. It's what happens when the hockey season's over. I'm not going to sit here and talk baseball all day. It's not going to happen. I like baseball. The Pirates piss me off. I'm not going to do it. So we'll talk about everything else that's relevant. And when they are, we'll talk about them too. Coming up next, Will Graves from the Associated Press. He's always relevant. He's a Caps fan. He's always nuanced, though. That's why they never have him on that station across the street. Will Graves next. Josh Yoey at 520. It's the Crowley Show. What does it take to rebuild trust? At Wells Fargo, we've been thinking about that a lot lately. For us, it begins with a renewed commitment to our customers. Fixing what went wrong, making things right. Working with more transparency and higher accountability. And reinventing how we serve you. It's a new day at Wells Fargo, but it's a lot like our first day. Wells Fargo. Established 1852. Reestablished 2018. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. The NHL sucks. Look at this. Kenny Albert, Pierre Maguire, and Eddie Olchek will be NBC Sports Network's broadcast team for Game 7 of Preds Jets. I like everything about that, except where in the sweet Jesus is Doc Emmerich? I need to know if they score! And Kenny Albert's going to be all like, oh, they score! Screw you, Kenny. I don't need you. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Holy crap, this is a big one. Well, yeah, big one. The Steelers have signed their fifth round pick, Jalen Samuels. What? I know, their fifth round pick. The guy they drafted? Yeah, they they signed the guy they drafted. What? I know. The Steelers? Yeah. What? They signed the guy they drafted. In the fifth round. Jalen Samuels. What? Mm-hmm. The Steelers. Running back. They signed him? I can't believe it. Man, it's kind of hard-hitting news you get here. I mean, I'll tell you what. The Penguins look really bad by comparison. They're cleaning out their lockers today, and the Steelers are just adding players' lockers. Yeah, they're filling lockers, mm-hmm. pens, emptying lockers. Uh, Penguins always disappointing. Tells you everything you need to know. Yes, it does. <laughs> Will Graves joins us now to discuss from the Associated Press. Hello, my friend. I say, I will say this. The cool thing, that kid's name is nickname is J-Sam, so that's... I can kind of get on board with that. That's that. I, that's something I imagine will become a thing when this kid like supplants Rosie Nix in about 
week seven. So you're telling so. me the breaking news is that Jay Sam is going to replace Rosie Nix coming up in That's a right. couple it's months. A it's a hunch. Wow. Different kind of player, though. I mean, get you know what? I don't want to talk about this, Graves. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> are you are you in mourning? I mean, I, I saw your little uh, ode to the Penguins there. I mean, are you, are you okay? You, you know, you, you need a minute or a week or a month? or uh, I'm smiling like a butcher's dog, man. It's West Virginia hat season now. I'm on to the football <laughs> team. Let's go. The Penguins won the Cup two years in a row. They were going to lose at some point. I can't, fa- I can't fake outrage there. It just can't happen. I can't do it. I'm not a liar. I'm not disingenuous. I'm not that station across the street. I'm not a hot taker. Can't happen. You're not, not going to say that. You're, so you're, what you're saying is that this isn't something that they're going to take to their graves, nor will you take to your graves. And then the next day say, as much as that hurt, you know, really, in 93 was worse, even though that was a sentiment that Ben's very adequate, adequately and expertly pointed out the day before. Yeah, so. I, think, I think Benzie did a really good job of that uh, in the trib. It's not the same at all to me. I mean, that was clearly the best team in hockey that played great down the stretch and lost to a Islanders team that, frankly, wasn't all that good. Uh, this Penguins team lost to their arch rival who wanted it more. And I guess we'll start there with you, Will. I mean, you've seen it all. Uh, you grew up a Capitals fan. It looked to me like whether the Penguins would admit it or not, whether it was obvious to them or not, the Capitals just they needed it, and the Penguins simply just wanted it. Um, I... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of it. I, I think part of it is, too, I think the Capitals finally, you saw what Barry Trotz was hired to do, and it was the way that they played in, in game six. I mean, it was that sort of structure, responsibility, like the, they can because they're talented offensively. You know, most of the time when Baxter and Barakovsky is in they can go up and down and score goals. This was a team that didn't generate a lot of chances this year. I think they were last in five on five shots during the regular season, but they don't, they didn't screw up. They didn't blow it. And, you know, I, they grinded it out. I mean, it's impressive. Uh, you know, I felt good for my high school buddies who have waited a long time. Um, but it wasn't, this isn't the end of the world. They lost, the, the Penguins lost to a team that's got a Hall of Famer on it. And, you know, who knows if, uh, if, if Baxter maybe one day kind of gets on the fringe of that Tommy, but you get one surefire Hall of Famer. Who was due? I mean, it's hard to lose nine playoff series out of ten. It's really, 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 really hard. And it just sort of – the numbers – and Sid even mentioned this today when we were talking to him. I mean, it, it, it shows you just how, you know, how thin the margin is even when you're really good. Yeah, and it's been thin these last couple of years. Uh, I think the Penguins are better. I think Washington was better. But the margin between the two teams was so thin. Uh, what else stuck out to you today, Will, from being in locker room cleanout? I'm so well. I mean, it's just sort of the time honored tradition of guys season ending, and then you, you figure out that they ruptured their aorta in mid February and been playing with blood transfusions every every three days. I mean, that's that kind of stuff. You know, like I, I mean, I get it. It's part of the quote hockey culture. Uh, you know, either you're hurt or you're not. I mean, last year, remember Carlson played with what, like a broken leg or whatever yeah. it was. You know, I just wonder, at what point does it become detrimental to your team to play? It seems like in hockey it doesn't matter. We talked about, Sully mentioned, you know, Broussard uh, never really kind of got over what happened to him at the end of the regular season. Phil's been dealing with stuff. I wonder, you know, he's a guy who likes to show up. He's, he's an Iron Man. He hasn't missed a game in seven, eight years. Maybe he could have missed a game or two, and maybe that would have helped. Um, I, you know, when I, the thing that struck me the most about games – was the lack of energy the Pens had for long stretches. I mean, 
They were flat the first period, cap score, first goal. And instead of responding immediately, I mean, they sort of sat there and the Caps dominated play for another seven, eight minutes before Sully flipped the lines. And then they were good for 10 minutes. And then that was kind of it. I mean, it was, it was a little bizarre. And, and you know what? If you played more hockey than anybody else in the last, you know, 32 months, I mean, there, I, I firmly believe there's a cumulative effect, no matter how well you take care of yourself. So, I mean, it's okay. It's, they didn't get, they didn't get boat raced. They didn't, you know, they didn't collapse. They just got beat. And guess what? Sometimes that happens. It does. Uh, Will Graves from the Associated Press joining us here on the Crowley Show. Did you find it odd that Sullivan kind of downplayed the Kessel injury issue? Meanwhile, Jim Rutherford said, yeah, he's been bothered by stuff all year long. Uh, you know, I, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I don't know if Sully just didn't. He knew it was coming, and, and I'm sure he didn't want to talk about it. Uh, Phil, by the way, who did not speak to reporters today. Was he the only guy who didn't? No, Gino wasn't there. Okay. A couple others that I would have to think. Uh, I have to think about it. But in terms of like your bold faced guys, um, that would sort of he would sort of be in that group. Um, you know, I, I, I think you know much was. I mean, the guy had a great regular season. I mean, he set a career high in points. You can't, you know, but he had no even strength points against the cap. It's uh, he wasn't good. He looked off, and if he was off, I mean, it happens. But I just again, I wonder. If you're not going to play Daniel Sprong, and I'm not comparing Kessel and Daniel Sprong, but I mean, at least Sprong was healthy, right? And and he would give you. So I'm not saying you bench Kessel necessarily, but I just wonder, you know, that it's always. Don't you think it's always a blurry line? You know, in the NFL, it seems a little more cut and dried. I mean, you know, there have been a lot of times where guys will be questionable or doubtful and won't play. And you know, in the NHL in the playoffs, if you have a heartbeat and you're a starter, you're in the lineup no matter what it seems, uh, unless you've got your hand. In a, in a, you know, basically in a vice like Backstrom did. So, well, are you ready for a hot take, Will? Are, are you ready for some speculation? Could be unfounded, could not be unfounded. Sure, let's sure let's 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 be dangerous with the truth because that's just what we do these days. Damn right, it's radio, man. And if if you can't be dangerous with the truth about sports, well, then come on. I mean, if you're, I mean, be- you guys, well, are we, I don't know. I mean, are we going to talk about whether our Iran's got nuclear weapons or not? I mean, is that is that where we're going with this? No, that's not where we're going with this. Where we're going with this is. Are you ready for it? Sure. I think hockey players love their sport more than any other athlete. Hmm. To the point where Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby contemplated at least playing for their countries, I'd imagine, overseas in a tournament that's really stupid after this one. Well, I mean, Sid shot that down, but I mean, I, I he did on his at least on his part today. But he's um, played there before, so has Malkin. They all have. I, I think there's a, certainly a sense of country. Um, at this point, Sid, with three gold medals, should not have to play a, a second of international hockey again the rest of his life if he doesn't want to. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think... Get reckless, baby. Speculate with uh, me. Not, well, I mean, this isn't, this isn't speculation. This is more of a theory. I mean, I, oh. I, I don't know. I think, they, I mean, I, I, I think that to get to that level, the highest level of your sport, whatever that sport is, requires, for the most part, a level of unless you're Josh Rosen, apparently, a level of dedication and, and passion that, you know, as much, I mean, think about how much you love radio. Think about how much I love journalism. And I, I think um, that those guys, hockey players might wear it a little more proudly, maybe. I think, I mean, I don't, you know, I will say this, there is one, the, the, the cultures are so different. I don't find myself, you know, I have to every day check Juju's Instagram feed whether I want to or not. <laughs> Okay, I have to 
see what's going on with with player X or player Y in the NFL. The NBA's, I mean, the NHL doesn't really have that. So I think it's just a, you know, you don't see other aspects of their lives necessarily the way that you do with players in other sports. So I think it sort of puts them in that silo of, well, we're just hockey players and that's all we do. And I, that might just be what the culture is. The culture is it's all about my career and my team, and you don't really get to talk to these guys about, you know, life or whatever else they do. And, and they're not out there on social media kind of living their best selves. They're just sort of doing it without their phones, which I guess in this day and age should be commended because at least it saves me 20 minutes in the morning. So I didn't just inadvertently do a race thing, did I? No. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Do you want to? No. Not today. Today's about hockey. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, I will, I mean, I think hockey fans, I do think hockey fans think that they love their sport more than any other sport. They do, yeah, we do, yeah. I certainly think that's the case, and that can get a little cloying after after a while. You know, it's, uh, you know, they they think, well, you can't understand it, so you're not a hockey guy or whatever. I mean, this town sort of prides itself on being a hockey town and, and while that's certainly true, you've also been for also been fortunate enough to have the best two of the ten best players in the world for the last thirty years. That's you know at, at any given time, except for what two thousand oh three or oh four or whatever. I mean, I before I got here, I've heard tales of, of empty Civic arenas and the, and the team leaving. That's that's not that's not Cleveland level, Cleveland Brown level unbridled passion. It's not so. I mean, but you can spend your money how you want, but let's just be honest about where we're at with it. So we'll see what happens in 15 years. You know, I, but again, this, who cares? This is a great team. they got another five years where they can probably win a couple more cups. And, my God, you know, it's like complaining about your other other bends. Oh, my other bends need oil change. Shut up. Uh, that, change your oil. That, that reminds me, uh, my Kia Rio sucks. Uh, Will Graves from the Associated <laughs> it does, Press. Yeah, it does kind of suck. I mean, yeah. if, if you kids out there think about getting in the radio, you know, when you watch uh, our little your little Crowley home movies before you know what, uh, this, you know what they're called. Say its name. You know it. I don't have it in front of me. You know what they're called. I I literally cheesed it. The cheese tea. There I you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, so anybody in journalism, you know, or broadcast, whatever, you guys listening. Oh, Crowley's great. Crowley's edgy. Both of those things are true. Crowley's smart. That's true. If Crowley has the best guest, Will Graves on his show every week, that is also true. But look at his car, man. I mean, think about, think about, just make smart choices. Have a backup plan, okay? Because uh, that's the kind of car I expect to see me delivering my Fox's pizza when I order it tonight. And I hope to God you're not the one delivering it. Hey, Graves, uh, to just further that point along quickly, uh, Madden drives a pretty god-awful car, too, so. The radio just Well, sucks. we all do. I yeah. mean, my God, I'm driving a Sentra. I don't want to pretend that I'm, like, out here living, you know, living the dream, but young man, I mean, you're in your mid twenties. Like that's when you make like the dumb purchase. When I was 26, I bought a, I literally bought an F-150 that I could, that was 50% of my take home salary. And I did not care. And I'm also up to my ass in debt and I'm 43. So, you know, I don't know if those two things are related. So maybe you're just being smart, but I think yes, I think ESP needs to give you more money. When are we going to do a cheese tease on that? Oh, it's happening, and it's ironic for so many different reasons that you said that. Will Graves from the Associated Press <laughs> joins me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Graves, I hate the is-there-window-still-open conversation 
Because we don't know. I thought they were going to win a bunch of cups in a row after 2009, and they didn't. I certainly think they've got an opportunity, but it doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, there's a chance that they might not win again. And if they don't, to me, it was still a huge whopping success story. Yeah, and, and what you're not going to see happen here is what's at least in the well, Sid and Gene are still playing is what's happened in Chicago, where they won, what, three cups in five years, and then they mm. fell off the face of the earth. You know, uh, that's not going to happen in Pittsburgh, at least, you know, I mean, Kane and Taze, they've been nowhere. They haven't even been in the playoffs, right? I mean, I think they scraped in as an eight seed last year and got crushed by they uh, got the swept. Predators or whatever. They were actually a one seed last year. The yeah, yeah, they got swept, the and then they didn't make yeah. it this I mean, year. That's not going to happen yeah. here. That's that's not going to happen, okay? So all you can really hope for in the salary cap era is that they're competitive and that they are in it, and they have been in it. Um, for 14, 13, 14 years now, that's pretty. And, and you got to take your chances. I mean, it's you know, it's a it's a puck luck league, especially in the playoffs. And as Sid say, said today, I mean, you know, I asked him, does this sort of give you a deeper appreciation for what you guys did? And he said it gives you a deeper appreciation for thinking about how many times they could have gone the other way. I mean, think about. You know, think, what if in, uh, in Game 7 last year against the Caps, Flower doesn't get the butt end of his right. stick on that shot from Ovechkin? You know? I mean, things, that's how thin the margin is sometimes. And it depends. It's hard to win nine series in a row, you know, as they did over the last two-plus years. So, you know, what I don't like is, like, the season ends and now we're trading everybody. And mm. today seemed to be a moratorium on, or, you know, a memorandum, I should say, on uh, is Chris Letang still a good hockey player? And uh, are we trading Phil Kessel? I mean, <laughs> like, I just don't. I mean, I understand if they are parts that would be you know, fetch a pretty decent return if you're looking to restock your roster. But I mean, these guys aren't old; they're not up against it yet. I mean, I think in a year or two, you could look at Phil's salary and his age and think that we really need it, but not when he's coming off the of 92 points in a year. You know, it's same thing with Hornquist. Everybody loves Hornquist, and he signed that new deal. But when he's in his mid-30s and his cap hits $6 million, everybody, you know, everybody's going to be like, Ugh, I don't know. So, but in the moment, let's just take a break, enjoy your summer, actually get a chance to recharge, and, and see where you're at in the fall. Uh, Graves, that's all well and good, but I was listening to that station across the street on my way in today, and here's what I heard. Sports Radio 937, The Bay. Our top story, the Pens are the worst team in NHL history, and the Pirates are probably going to win it all. This update brought to you by Bowser. That's the power of Bowser! Yay! 412-920-9370 is the number to call. You can tweet us on our fan text line, although we never get to it. Today's topic, will the Penguins take this loss to their grave, and are they going to hell because of it? Give me a ring. We'll go to Paul in Blonox first here on the show. Uh, hey, Rona, thanks for taking my call. Let me tell you something. We need to blow this whole team up, right? Trade Crosby, trade Malkin, trade Murray, trade Kessel, trade a lot of them, all right? It's time for this team to start winning some cups. I'm sick and tired of waiting on them. Thanks for the call, Paul. We'll go to Jimmy now in Uniontown. Hey, Cook, I don't know why uh, more people aren't talking about this, but Jim Rutherford needs to go. That guy needs to get run out of town on a rail. That guy hadn't even won a cup. Thanks, Jimmy. Great point there. Coming up next, we've got 20 minutes of commercials. We'll hear from Jim Rome, and then 20 more minutes of commercials. It's 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. 
Yeah, that all happened. That's true. You forgot to stay healthy. You forgot that part. Ah, oh, damn it. All right, we're going to have to recut it. I, I mean, like seriously, the, yeah, the sky's like falling. What you got going on, man? This is interesting. This is, you know. Is this going to be like the scene in Anchorman? I mean, you know, are you and Stan going to go out in the parking lot, you know, after you're, you know, between shifts and just have it out with those guys or what? With all due respect to Stan, uh, he would not be in danger fighting anybody at the fan, but he might get skin cancer just standing in the sun. <laughs> so he's probably not the guy I'm going to fight with. Benzy, though, he'll bite some kneecaps. Madden. Eh, but me and Benji, we could take them. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, they're, they're CrossFitters over over there, aren't they? Ah, shoot, that's what I heard. And I don't know if your car is fast enough to get away in a foot race, so you gotta be. Just pick your pick what pick your fights wisely, Crowley. Please, Graves. Appreciate the time as always, buddy. Thanks a lot. See you, dude. Be good. Will Graves, Associated Press, coming up next. Off seasons from a general manager perspective are important. But they're overrated. And I'll tell you why that's important next. It's the Crowley Show. Pants, 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 pants. Coffee. Uh, uh, pants, 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 pants. Coffee. Oh, pants, 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 pants. Coffee. Tide nose, clothes, and stains just don't go together. Break them up with ten times the cleaning power from America's number one, Tide. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be tied. Coffee. Mess with your car, man. I mean, it's not a bad car. I don't have to pay it's a car a bad car. Dude, we were broken down on the car. side of the road for four freaking hours on Carson. Yeah, but I don't have to pay for anything. It's just, it's all Maybe you should start paying for something. I have to pay with my man. time waiting with you. We almost got mugged. We saw a drug deal. All because of your car. We my- fought. We did fight, too. <laughs> Might be time to get a new one. Great. This is interesting. This is, you know. Is this going to be like the scene in Anchorman? I mean, you know, are you and Stan going to go out in the parking lot, you know, after you're, you know, between shifts and just have it out with those guys or what? Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. Of course. And that's it! Now let's do this! Brian LaMartina, Tom Offerman along for the ride here on the Crowley Show. I've done that twice today, and I saw you looked at Tom the first time I did it. Yeah, I realized... Why are you introducing us? You've never done that before. I've never, Not I've once. never done it. And it I, I like it, kind of. It makes a lot of sense because you does. guys talk a bunch. And nobody knows who the hell it is if I don't tell them who they are. Yeah. It was a bad move on my part not for doing it before. But you're Total growing. oversight. You're growing now. Tom's got a big ego, but I'm all right with not being known. No, it's just I want the audience to know who's bringing them the radio candy. And it's Brian LaMartina and Tom Offerman. In addition to this sexy hunk of man meat over here, the crown man. <laughs> wow. Rob Rossi was, oh, that ball's driven deep. Careful not to give play-by-play. But it is a home. And it's over the wall. And the Pirates have a 6-5 to five lead. That just freaking happened. Wow. Oh, no. I said it, the, the Pirates are up 6-5, to five, by the way. I know we don't have the rights to them. I don't give a rip. It's the Crowley Show. We do whatever the hell we want. And it was the 
uh, top of the eighth, pardon me, and I told Tom, I said, big inning here. And he goes, the bottom of the order's up. It's not a big inning. I said, it's a top of the eighth. Of course it's a big inning. But Tom was right. Big inning was the top of the ninth. Anyway, that's the last I will mention of the Pirates today until we hear from my grandma later in the show. Grandma's going to be happy about that one. Well, they have plenty of time to blow it, so let's just wait here. They have plenty of time to blow it. They very well might lose this game. Although, Tom, is the bottom of the ninth going to be a big inning for the White Sox? Ooh. It depends on what part of the order's up. I have no idea. Me neither. Hmm. Hopefully it's the top for them. Wouldn't you hope it would be the bottom? He said for them. Yeah. For them, I hope it's the top. Oh, okay. Wow, you're both on the same wavelength there, even though Tom was dumb. Well, we're getting introduced now, so we got to step our game up. <laughs> There's accountability yeah, now. Now people know who the hell we are. Speaking of accountability, Rob Rossi was talking about the Penguins offseason and how there's a lot of work for Jim Rutherford to do and how Jim Rutherford did not have a great offseason last year. And, okay, I'll agree with that. Jim Rutherford did not have a good offseason. He brings in Anthony Emmy. He was not good. He brings in Matt Hunwick. He wasn't great. They started the year off with Greg friggin' McKegg and Carter Rowney as the bottom six centers. But here's the deal. The offseason's not the most important thing that a general manager has to deal with. Obviously, that's when they get most of their stuff done, but you can add to a hockey team in the midst of the season. And the reason I bring this up now, and today's kind of got a theme, don't jump off a bridge if the Penguins don't get exactly who you want them to get in the offseason. Because Jim Rutherford always, and I mean always, gets his man. If ever a team needed to chill, it's this team. If ever a general manager needed an extra long offseason, it's this general manager. Last year, Hunwick Lee, uh, comes in, Reeves comes in. They lose Flurry, Kunitz, Cullen, Daly, Haynes, Benino. But Jake Gensel and Connor Sherry were called up during the year two years ago. Well, two and three years ago. Trevor Daly and Carl Haglin were brought in during the regular season, not off-season additions. Broussard, Shane, and Alexiak were added to this group this year whenever people thought, oh, the Penguins roster's weak. When you start the playoffs, that's your group. And the roster got much better over the, re- the year. So I just want all y'all out there, Pens fans, who want to freak out, who want to lose your mind, to understand one thing. There's no reason to freak out until you see what happens at the deadline, There's no reason to freak out until you see what team the Penguins are rolling into the playoffs with. Jim Rutherford's going to add to the team, and he'll do a lot of it this offseason, but he'll do a lot of it next season as well. 4129-222874. Yesterday we kind of eulogized the Pittsburgh Penguins to an extent. We talked about some of the things that went wrong, uh, some of the things that need to go better, but I've got some more things here that are some positive takeaways from the season. Sidney Crosby's still the best player in the world. He just is. He's the best player who matters. Uh, Connor McDavid's a stud. But Sidney Crosby goes into the playoffs and he turns it up to Connor McDavid levels. Jake Gensel isn't only good because he plays with Sidney Crosby. I think we learned that this year. Jake Gensel scored 23 goals. Maybe he scores 30 next year. Uh, Jake Gensel is a guy who has done it now in consecutive postseasons, so you don't think he's just a one-year wonder. Phil Kessel had his best season as a Penguin. I expect that kind of season from him again next year if he's healthy. And Brian Dumoulin is without a doubt turning into one of the best young defensemen in the National Hockey League. 
Holy crap. He's not a great finisher. Uh, we saw him squander a couple of opportunities in the playoffs, but he creates so many opportunities. They're going to be riding with that guy next year. You're going to feel pretty good. Ole Mata was a delight to watch. He's often a scapegoat because people don't know what the hell they're watching. But you've got those two. You've got Justin Schultz. You've got an extra offseason for Chris Letang, but we'll get to him in a minute. There's still so much to like about this Penguins team. They don't need a complete facelift like they did after 2015. They just don't. Uh, Anybody suggesting otherwise is out to lunch. Jim Rutherford said today he'll make some moves, and the team's going to look different next year. He was candid in that. And when he says things, believe him, because he tells the truth more than any general manager, front office executive, than I've ever recalled hearing from in professional sports. But they're not that far off. Evgeny Malkin had his best season in a half decade. Both superstar centers stayed healthy. They're both going to be north of 30 next year. That's a big deal for them to have shown that they can stay healthy. A lot to like with this team. Here are some of the things that need to be better. Chris Letang needs to simplify his game. And he was very candid today, talking about it at Locker Cleanout. We'll talk to Josh Yoey about that coming up in about a half hour. He said he was dwelling on Game 5. And he talked about how he thought that the beginning portion of the season was going to be a learning period for him, and then he was going to get better after that. And he said it never quite clicked. He needs the offseason. Understandable. They're going to get another year of Derek Broussard. That needs to get better. But Derek Broussard was dealing with an injury, something that Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan said today affected his ability to be the player they thought he could be in the playoffs. I think Gensel's a 30-goal scorer in this league. I think he can get to that number. He had 22 goals during the regular season. He had 10 in this playoff stint. And I think you can count on Matt Murray to bounce back. If the defense adds a piece or two, and they are on their nuts and bolts and P's and Q's and crossing their T's and dotting their I's, and are there any more cliches I missed, then Matt Murray's just going to simply have a better season. But he has to. Penguins defense gave up old man old man breaks. Stan. Odd man breaks all season long, and he was left out to dry. They're going to get better because they can't get worse. There's a lot to look forward to. There are a few things to improve upon, but these Penguins are in a pretty darn good spot. One last thing I want to touch on is that that station across the street was killing the Penguins for being tentative yesterday. Penguins choked. They tightened up. And I said something similar on the show. I did think they were tentative. Sidney Crosby admitted to it. But I don't think it's about the Penguins choking. I think it's the capital structure and the Penguins being tentative. I think it's a little column A, a little column B. The Penguins were tentative because of the structure. It was a problem they had to switch lines up so much. Malkin's hurt. So where is he going to play when you bring him back? Kessel's hurt. Who is he going to fit with? Broussard's hurt. Where is he going to play? Connor Sherry's okay. Now he's playing well. Now he's not playing well. Now he's playing well. Now he's not playing well. Where are you going to put him? You don't have Zach Astor, so Dominic Simone's going to come into the lineup. Where can he fit and not be a sieve? And because the Penguins had to think about all those things on the fly over the course of a game... They weren't in a good position to crack that egg. They weren't in a good position to be able to solve the capital structure. And it was a bad culmination of a couple of different factors. They lost. But I wouldn't get hasty here with my takes. 
and say things along the lines of, well, are they going to go back to the days of Bilesmo where they're going to get frustrated? No. They lost the game. The Capitals wanted it more. They were well coached. It happens. Coming up next, Penguins might never win again. I am taking it extreme, I suppose. They might. They might not. But if they don't, you got to appreciate what they've done so far. It's a Crowley Show. What does it take to rebuild trust? At Wells Fargo, we've been thinking about that a lot lately. For us, it begins with a renewed commitment to our customers. Fixing what went wrong, making things right. Working with more transparency and higher accountability. And reinventing how we serve you. It's a new day at Wells Fargo, but it's a lot like our first day. Wells Fargo. Established 1852. Reestablished 2018. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Honestly, Crowley, I didn't even know that you knew my last name. Oh, that's an easy thing to remember. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. You know how I never say it, so it's just I know it because of your email. It's Your name's Tom Offerman, and it's Tom Offerman. I mean, he's not going to give out the at gmail.com. No, just the Tom As long as he doesn't say that it's Tom Offerman at gmail.com. I would never say that. It's Tom Offerman. Yeah. I mean, we can do it later. Easy to remember. T O P 